Prematurely shot my wad on what I assume. What? How did that go? I I prematurely shot my wad on what I had assumed. What I thought to be be a uh, dry run. (laughs) And with that, we are here on the EWP podcast as your host, Emila Wang. Coming to you with a Friday night episode. Here to talk some GSW hoops with my buddy, the Genio James Liao. How's it going, man? Uh, what a transition into the podcast. Starting <laughs> from if people actually heard what we were talking about before. <laughs> well, first we were talking about getting eight babies on airplanes, and then uh, and then and a... then it led to dry runs, and you know, <laughs> just so many poorly phrased words in that yeah. sentence. <laughs> Good old Tobias Funke. Well, we're not here to talk about arrest development, though. You know, someday we really need to do that. Now that I think about it, since you know we, we've been doing oh, this podcast, we, we don't talk about that enough. Oh, so, yeah. absolutely not. No, um, but you know, in the three years we've been doing this podcast, we've actually never done an arrest development episode, which is which is shocking because you know Jeff Liu and I have reviewed you know garbage films like uh, Crazy Rich Asians and um and The Room and we've never uh done our due diligence and uh put together an episode for uh, for arrested development so I I think that needs to be done. I think I, I think that needs to be done and really just the glory years seasons 1 through 3 um because Seasons four and five were just trash. Didn't even watch season five, and I'm <laughs> and I'm okay. Fan, so, yeah, <laughs> and I have I'm no okay problem with that. With that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. <laughs> well, speaking of glory years, uh, the Warriors sit at a a stable record of twenty eight and twenty eight. Uh, not the glory years of the dynasty from you know twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen, but. Certainly, at a point where I would say we've been exceeding expectations, uh, especially as of late. Since you know, I would say two weeks ago, we were looking dead in the water. We were four games under five hundred with a not so easy schedule ahead of us, but certainly games that I thought we could very easily lose. Yeah, and you know the the other thing is this is actually now there's tough games scattered in there but i think this is actually one of gonna be we have one of the easiest remaining schedules mm-hmm. like left in the league yeah i mean we have you know like we have a couple of rough games coming up celtics and sixers which you know celtics is a toss-up and then sixers indeed is back right i think so yeah like he's yeah he's you know ready to go so that is unlikely a win for us but you know we get wizards nuggets without murray mm-hmm. um, kings you know okay see so like twice i think somewhere well just to round out the month it's mavericks wolves and then may versus at rockets so oh. i mean these are you could li- easily like wizards wolves rockets um are all winnable yeah um, you know and kings also so you could literally go four and three yeah for the rest of the month and then you end up above 500 going into mm. 
May, and that's actually a really good position. But you know, we benefited from uh, the the schedule. You know, I mm-hmm. think we played all these tough games in the beginning of the first half of the season. We actually hung around, you know, when Steph was healthy and playing 500 ball against good teams. We won a lot of games that, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you and I didn't think we were going to win. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we lost some too, but you know, I think the schedule really benefited us in the second half. Yeah, and we certainly are a 500 team. I, I don't think yeah. anybody's anybody's going to d- yeah. dispute that. Um, what has been impressive to me what has been the fashion of which we've been winning and i and i want to do a little quick pick three here for you james um have we won four in a row because a the easy schedule b james wiseman is no longer in the rotation or c kelly Ubre has been hurt i mean i honestly you and i were talking about this the other day i honestly think that it's probably a little bit of both or all three, I should say, Mm -hmm. you know, even though I do think, you know, I think the way that we play, we've been playing without Kelly Oubre is telling in the sense about what we're going to do next year. This is very clear. If we keep winning games without Kelly, that we're not going to bring him back. Absolutely. It's just the the monetary means I mean, Jake, Joe Lacob's a smart guy. He's not going to pay 20 plus million for Kelly Oubre. And because that's not including tax. Market, yeah, not including taxes. Twenty million <laughs> on salary, seventy million in taxes. Is he? Is, he's just not worth that. Obviously, yeah. not many people are. So you know, he's almost going to be hundred percent gone. You know, yeah. he's just playing right now for his next contract on another team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he has an incentive to you know ball out and play well. Obviously, play hard. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, play hard and. You know, but for us, it's like, it's very clear. We're not going to, even though I do think Kelly does, he's helped us win some games, you know, and uh, defensively he helps us. But, you know, he's a ball stopper. You know, he's not a good decision maker, you know, but, uh, you and know. He, there's, and he affects he, he Steph. Helps. That's the big deal, right? Of, yeah. Offensively, it, it impacts Steph, whereas, you know, his, his replacement is Ken Bazemore, you know, who's a, a very... <laughs> very poor man's version. I, I want to say a very poor man's version, but a poor man's version of him who knows how to play with Steph. And I think that that's all the difference, right? The, the, the lack of offensive firepower that Bazemore has is made up by the fact that Steph is just a little bit more efficient. Uh, so I, I completely agree with you. It's not that much of a loss, not that much of a downgrade to go, to a Ken Bazemore or somebody else. I mean, I, I think all signs are pointing to Ken Bazemore coming back on a on a, a on. Well, I don't know about a minimum. I think they pay him a little bit more. Uh, if anything, but I think, again, minimum, like in the sense that it's not going to be huge. If it's, it, not exactly it's not a twenty million yeah. dollar. Yeah, salary. it's not exactly more than a couple of mil. You know, so yeah, right, won't or, affect this. And then you know, even Wiseman, you know, he was, you know. There was a, you know, right before he got injured, there was a lot of posts going around about he was basically one of the worst, like, advanced stats guys in the league. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. everything was bad. Every combination um, of, of lineups with Wiseman in there with Steph and Draymond and all that, our, our offensive rating was, like, the worst by a mile. And then, like, mm-hmm. defensively, we were just, like, it was ridiculous. It was, yeah. like, embarrassingly bad. Like, all-time 
like historically <laughs> bad defense, mm-hmm. yeah. them, which is crazy. Expected. I mean, but you suspect it, but it's also crazy how him just being out is <laughs> just going to be, you know, you don't have to one. Le- it's one less thing to worry about, right? Because mm-hmm. we've spent the whole year trying to win develop. games and develop Wiseman. And now with him out for the year, you no longer have to worry about that. You can focus on playing and winning games, and that means, you know, playing JTA more. means mm-hmm. playing Draymond at the five more, you know, watching, you know, Looney's minutes will probably go up as well. Mm-hmm. And these guys are all going to be a better contributor to winning now mm-hmm. than developing Wiseman. So, I mean, I think all of those factors play. And then, of course, the easy schedule. I think these, like, Cavs and OKC back-to-back, like, these are not difficult games when we want them. So that's good. Yeah, but I I was just going to say, with Wiseman and with Ubre, like these are games we might have struggled to win. Like We yeah. have won in very convincing fashion, and you know, in Steph, all of Steph's greatness, like I, I don't think I would have ever thought that he would be this good at 33. Um, there's almost no debating that, and I, and I almost feel bad yeah. saying that I, like, I don't even want to talk about it right now because we're just going to be, you know, circle jerking about how wonderful he is and yeah. uh and any listener to this pod would probably be agreeing to that um not the circle jerking per- portion of it obviously uh going back to the kelly Ubre thing what do you think how can we maximize him as a salary slot in the off season? is there an opportunity to do a sign and trade for a trade exception trade exception maybe but you know i don't think you would um, want to hard cap yourself with a sign and trade uh, mm-hmm. anymore. And I don't even think that's feasible. So honestly, the salary slot, you know, they weren't, you know, I don't know what the thought process was like, you know, at the trade deadline. Like, I think it's because it came at a really bad time. My personal thought was that when the trade deadline came around, we were sputtering and we were mm-hmm. not playing well. And yeah. so these guys so the front office was a little nervous about just dumping Kelly for some parts, you know, because what if we do this and then we end up missing the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I think there was some nervousness to it because we were playing so poorly at the time, you know? Right. And then, um, or, I, you know, I think it's like that contributed to it because I think if you look at it now with him being injured, and how well we're playing without him. And of course, that has to do with Wiseman being out too. Mm-hmm. They probably, if we were playing like this heading into the break, we probably would have dumped him or yeah. at least just gotten something. Cause it was, I, I'm just, I'm almost certain they're just going to let him walk. Like, I just don't think Lake of, he did, he took on Kelly's salary because Clay was out. This was the mm-hmm. only reason he took it on. I don't think that under normal circumstances, he wants to pay this much tax. Like, I just don't, I just, I, I personally don't think it makes any sense yeah. for you to try to keep that slot alive. Like, yes, I know you can't sign anybody, but you know, mm-hmm. who are you going to get? And you can't even really do anything right now, you know, because you didn't trade him at the deadline. You could have gotten like a, you know, second round, late first pick, something like that. If somebody wanted him, you know, something, but you, you probably wouldn't get nothing, but you know, I just don't think, I don't see us, doing anything and just and just letting him go i don't even think we can sign and trade him to be honest because mm-hmm. i think it, we would be we're already over the apron so i don't think it's gonna happen unless we do a like you said a trade exception or something like that yeah 
I, I, I think I had heard Anthony Slater bring that up, but he didn't really go into the specifics of how we would maneuver that. Um, and I think you bring up a good point that we don't necessarily need him because Clay is coming back. And yeah. obviously we know he's coming back on a minutes restriction. But the second part of that is Poole has been playing a lot better. Yeah, JP. Yeah, so we, we do have a, already a good backup to um, potentially of the mold of a six-man. So that leaves us with, okay, do we need Ubre? Uh, playing backup three minutes? I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, Wiggins, Clay, and Jordan Poole can kind of rotate uh, among the, the two, three spots along with whatever rookie we end up with next season. A Baysmore, even. And Baysmore, exactly. So I think we have depth uh, without Kelly Oubre, and I completely agree with you. We can, we can certainly lose him. I'm just trying to see if there's any way we can get value out of him. Um, Speaking of value, uh, let's go back to Wiseman. Here, here's my, here's my suggestion, and I think you and I had talked about this, but for for the listeners out there, I had proposed to you, James, trading Wiseman and whatever the Warriors pick is for for this coming NBA draft to whatever lottery team is out there for their pick. So, for example, the Pistons, they're probably going to end up in the top five trading Wiseman and our pick for for their uh for their a draft pick swap, slot. basically yeah exactly a pick swap yeah. and giving him James Wiseman um I'm okay giving up on James Wiseman and not because I don't think he's a good player or will be a good player but you know again this word title window uh, Curry's Curry's window and that really should be the name of this podcast Curry's window um but that also tied to Draymond Green, and I think Draymond is a huge problem on offense in the sense that he's so limited now that we need pieces around him that that fit, and there's very few. Uh, Wiseman certainly is not is not one of those guys. Um, a vertical spacer type with you know limited uh, off ball. Uh, in, I, hate, I hate using the word intellect, but off-ball experience and off-ball uh, foresight that they can actually make plays for others off the ball. I mean, it, it just doesn't work with Draymond. Um, I don't see Wiseman having much of an impact for this team unless he's a second-unit pick-and-roll guy with Jordan Poole. I don't see that as what a second overall pick should be, uh, especially for somebody who we probably won't be able to de- develop for another year, given, you know, the, the comeback, the kind of the timeline from coming back from the meniscus. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because you always, I think the warriors to me post Bogut have never really placed much, uh, kind of weight on centers. I mean, for crying out loud, we were playing Damian Jones 20, 25 minutes a night. Um, You know, we did help revive, like, JaVale's career and stuff like that. But, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, Bob Myers and, and, you know, Steve Kerr, they kind of view the center as just, you know, a replaceable Mm -hmm. spot, right? Something you can get somebody on the minimum or get somebody uh, using the mid-level to fill that spot, right? Right. And then, but, you know, drafting Wiseman, now it's a little bit different because now you no longer are asking the center to play 
a specific role. You have to develop him into something. Yeah. Right. So there's a difference because we did for so long, like we were drafting at the bottom of the first round, or we we're picking up, you know, minimum guys uh, to play center. You know, so it was like it's really weird. You didn't really have any development with those guys. It was just like, oh, we, we need a we need a big body to plug up some minutes. Uh, Damian was a vertical threat. You know, mm. he did literally could do anything else. The guy could literally <laughs> only dunk. Like it was so bad. But you know, we got by because there was so much talent, and they just—I just think also—they just never really had to deal with this. And then now they're learning; they're having to develop a big man, and it's like, whoa. And also, he's very raw, you know. So then it's like, oh shit, this is like much harder than we anticipated because they never spent any time developing bigs. Yeah, you know, I just—it's a it's lot just of like juggling. It's, it's so yeah. much juggling. Oh. It's just—it's crazy to me. But you know, I understand like. I'm still a defender of the pick. I still think it was the right pick. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the only other person, people that are behind him that are playing better would be, you know, Halliburton and, and LaMelo, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody could have, or I guess some people could have, but there, the, the ball was always, uh, no pun intended, uh, in the air with LaMelo because he was so freaking bad in, in Australia. Australia. Yeah. His numbers were terrible. He was shooting like sub 30% from three. Like he was so shooting like sub 40% from the field, turnover prone. Like it was just like, what did, I don't understand. Like he just like, either wasn't trying or like developed like really quickly. Like, which is, you know, I just don't know how, you know, I think even the guys who were really high on Lamella didn't think he was going to be this impactful right away. Like mm. I can't, yeah, I I, I don't you know, can't I, fault them. No, no, and I don't fault the Warriors for for taking Wiseman. And really, I'm only suggesting this trade because of the injury, because yeah. you know the, it, it's a, a year in delay for his development and meshing with you know Steph, Dre, Draymond, yeah. Clay, and you know like he, he was still learning, he was still getting a rhythm, and I, I just I just see that window of a maximized Wiseman and a still effective Curry, Clay, and Draymond, you know, that, that overlap just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So, you know, the Warriors need to ask themselves, is Wiseman the the transition piece, the, uh, how should I say, uh, the Monte Ellis, if you will, that, that would carry the torch from the, the We Believe era? Um, that's the sort of thing that I think the, the organization needs to ask themselves. And I I would say no. Let, let's do right by Steph. Let's trade Wiseman. We still have the opportunity for young talent from that Timberwolves pick. Let's develop that guy instead. Um, let's trade Wiseman now and uh, see what we can get for him. Let's see if we can get a good proven player that will make an impact next season. Right now. Um, so yeah, I, I I that's the direction that I would go in, but. You know, hey, uh, I don't know if Bob Myers listens to this podcast. But... Well, the other thing, too, is I, you know, I think I understand, like, I, you know, agree to a certain degree. But the problem is. Um, who wants him? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Now, he, his value, obviously, I don't think has dropped that much because, um, you know, he had some good games. He had some bad games. And people know that he's just turned 20. So yeah. he's really young. And he's going to be very raw. So people understand that the. But, um, you know, my only concern about 
trying to get up in the top five again is that you know it's going to be more difficult because this draft is so like it's much deeper like take, yeah. you know i think a lot of people agree it's like seven or eight deep like really good players mm-hmm. so you know if you're trying to move up it's probably going to be a lot harder because i don't know if Wiseman came out this year where he would go mm-hmm. in this draft like you know he might not be number two most likely he would be right like, the the seven footer that is you know um going to be in the draft this year is uh, Evan Mobley and he's supposed to be like legit like the real deal like new age center type thing you know so mm-hmm. like you know I don't know how that was compared to the Wiseman Wiseman draft on upside you know so it's like you know there's some of these guys with one year of college experience you already have way more footage of them compared to Wiseman who had you know games in high school where he was just bigger and bullied everyone you know yeah yeah, it's crazy so, that on on such a weird year where we weren't able to to scout home a whole lot because of the because of the pandemic that people could be so confident in Wiseman and you know it's uh, if you look at him it makes sense right he's he's big he's athletic he's, he's got freak. a bunch, yeah freak he's, nature, he's got a lot of tools but yeah um it, it's still it, it's always a dice roll with these things and um I, I'm I don't feel like they completely whiffed on it either which is no. thank God it wasn't like a I don't know like a Dunleavy <laughs> or, or Dark no, no Darko 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 is or Candyman or yeah. uh, Kwame. Yeah, Candyman Candyman number one pick Darko yeah. number two so yeah. Yeah. yeah or uh, Hashim the Beat oh my god pick. yeah there you yeah. go Hashim the Beat that, that's a good comparison um, another seven footer who like flamed out after his rookie contract oh god um so let's wrap this up talking about uh, the strategy for the rest of the season. Are you in love with this idea for small ball to close out the season and the small ball identity sort of approach? I guess you're asking because you're, I know you you and I have been talking about <laughs> maybe using a slot to, to grab a, a center off the heaps, you know, yep. and then see if we can shore up the, uh, the front line. I just... I think obviously they're looking, but um, you know, Damian Jones got just another ten day from Sacramento, so that's out. You know, for another ten days. Uh, <laughs> was hoping we could bring Damian Jones back, but yeah. uh, uh, no. But like, I honestly would be okay with it, um, mainly because I don't, I don't think this is going to be super taxing on the guys because we're not poised for a deep playoff run. So it doesn't really bother me yeah. too much, right? We're fighting. Most likely what's going to happen is we're going to get into the playing game. I don't think we're going to move to number six. It's not happening. Oh, of course so not. So we're probably going to be in the play-in, either as a seven or uh, either as an eight or a nine, best case, I think. I don't think we're going to overtake the Mavs so, for seven. So I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to be eight or nine, best case. So eight, which means we have one chance – you know, to just play one game to move into the playoffs. But you really, at most, you're playing six playoff games. Or excuse yeah. me, at, at least, right? First round, four games, and then the two playing games. Yeah. So it's like six to maybe eight or nine games mm-hmm. of like really high intensity. And that's okay. That's not 20 games like we used to play a year. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And then that late into the season. And then Steph also had a... You know, a week year and a half off. break, oh. and also we can have break this year. 
yeah. with the uh, tailbone with the tailbone injury, right? So he came back after the injury and has been on fire. I think the rest like helped him a lot. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I think the year off probably helped him a lot oh, yeah. more, which which Long makes yeah. yeah, and the same with Draymond, and it makes me a little less concerned about okay, you know, going this small ball this small ball route. Um, to, to chase this playoff berth, uh, JTA, you know, it's kind of Anderson, great, great player. Uh, hope we lock JT him up. Soon. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, Looney, I, I'd be more worried about his health actually, uh, just because he's not used to kind of high, um, high minutes. Uh, so we'll kind of look into Pascal to come back and be able to give at least, you know, eight to ten minutes at the center. Oh, <laughs> yeah yeah you should be coming yeah. back from that hip flexor soon yeah. um so we have the bodies that can play the center minutes i'm of the opinion that it doesn't hurt to have a seven foot bruiser out there that gives you four to five minutes a game and fouls three or four times uh and doesn't wow. give up what smiley <laughs> well he fouls him and gives up and one so i'm looking for a guy to to give hard fouls and set good screens and at least have some kind of impact to, to you know just just to wear down at least the the opposing team's big man you know or yeah or to make um you know mantras harrell or uh, tristan thompson think twice about chasing offensive rebounds right like those kinds of guys um i I shouldn't say they shouldn't be hard to find, but I mean, like, all I'm asking for is a seven footer who can foul people hard. You know, <laughs> like, it shouldn't be that hard. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you're looking yeah. for Charles Oakley. Then call him out of a... <laughs> they call him out of retirement. Yeah. Retirement. No, no, no. You know, you know, we already have the guy Zaza. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to come out of. Uh... Yeah, yeah. He 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 would be great. Um, I don't know. I. I love the idea of the small ball approach, uh, kind of throw back to the We Believe years where, you know, six foot six Al Harrington was our center. Um, but you see when it wears down and it's discouraging watching us getting pounded on the offensive glass. And uh, those games are also really hard to stomach at the end of series, is, um, which is what we saw in the We Believe uh, Jazz series. You know, we, we could not hang with that team. And I think just the physicality of, you know, Millsap, uh, Memo Okor, um, AK-47. Like, who else they have? Matt Harbring, like just Matt Boozer, Harbring. just fucking bruisers, man. Like guys that just destroyed us on size alone. Um so not something I want to see again, but then again, you know, as you pointed out, the expectations are very, very low. And really, we're just looking to sell some tickets and get, you know, Jordan Poole some, some playoff experience. I, I think that that's really the the goal of the season and maybe shore up Steph's legacy a little bit. I think his legacy is, you know, everything's just, it's already kind of cemented. He's just kind of building on it, but yeah. Um, I this agree. year helped. Like, this year helped, yeah. though. I, I oh, will say sure. yeah. it, it helped a lot, and and I'm glad. It, I'm glad he had that opportunity this year. So uh, um, I'm looking at free agent centers. Ooh, this is good. Thon Maker, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Thon yeah. Maker, shot maker, let's go. <laughs> so yeah. we get the Thon McCor, and then we have Jan Lahimi is another one. Oh, is he? Uh, oh wow. Yeah, Jan Lahimi's not playing, and then mm. Amir Johnson, Greg uh, Monroe. These are all still bigs that are yeah. uh, 
Hey, we call Jonas back. Who? Jonas, I think he's playing in um, in Europe. Jarepko. Jarepko. No, yeah. not Jarepko. He he was an and one <laughs> uh, and one machine also. Yeah. Oh, Kenneth Fareed, let's go. <laughs> Undersized big. <again. laughs> oh, Tyson Chandler, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah, he's a hundred years old. But yeah. I you know I would give Greg Monroe a shot. He yeah. for whatever like he ended up as a, like a Celtic at some point and it didn't work out so well but he's like one of those skilled big men that can pass um and shoot I I would I would give that guy a shot uh, probably Omari you know Spellman yeah apparently Kara uh, Burt said that uh, that that ship has sailed as well um the the Warriors are not going to look at him yeah Rhino is still available. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Anderson, Anderson. <laughs> Cal. He's not playing right now. The, wow, the Cal product. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the 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 defensive uh, folk, or how should I say, the pick and roll focus. Uh, how Warriors just tortured those Rockets teams. Anytime Ryan Anderson was on the court, it was like oh, plus uh, his plus minus became like minus ten in like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That was the game. Was that game seven or yeah, game seven or right? game six? Yeah, where those minutes like cost them heavily. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they regret those kind of same way that we regret uh, playing Festus and Anderson Vergeau in 2016. Um, and, and on that sad note, uh, James. We got nightmares, dude. <laughs> about that again. Yeah. Well, James, thank you so much for being on, and uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to an exciting finish to this season, man. This uh, it hasn't been the prettiest, but it has been fun. So I'm glad we had that. Yeah, really. Just I think just really kind of fall falling in love with this group of guys. Just like really likable group. So yeah. yeah so it's it's easy to root for these guys. You know, <laughs> we've had some rough years in the past where, you know not as fun to root for but i actually like rooting for this group i, I like the, all the guys on here so. yeah well you can you, you didn't enjoy rooting for uh vladimir Rodmanovic and uh Rad ac Man. law four and uh ac <laughs> steph on the bench and <laughs> ac law playing let's go uh good times keith smart all right james well you take care <laughs>